Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Hey, everybody, this is David Chavez. This is Strategy Sherpa Show, and boy, do I have a guest for you today. So a uh, longtime friend and a former client and a current client, hopefully. Um, so so uh, I'll introduce her in just a moment, but I, I was reflecting back on this last weekend, and it, it, it was the Thanksgiving holiday at the time when uh, just uh, last Thursday, and um I wanted to just say that that this holiday is probably one of my favorite. It's because there's not a lot of pressure to perform, and it's just about being present and being with your uh, family members. And I think that that's the real important message here. But I and, and I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving out there. And there's a lot to be thankful in the world. And I think that um, stopping for a day and reflecting upon that is is a really great idea. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the workshop we have going on. Uh, Warren Sager and I are going to be doing a workshop in, uh, on a scaling up workshop in Dallas, Texas. And if you've never heard about the scaling up program, I talk a little bit about it here. I am a scaling up coach and we have several scaling up coaches in our firm. And we are going to be doing this at da in Dallas at the Patel Law Group um, in, uh, in Irving. And uh, this workshop goes from 8 to 5 p.m. And it's basically a scaling up overview. So like, what is scaling up? How do you think about it? How do you start to implement it into your company? And you can really take away the, the action steps from this workshop and go back to your business and actually start to use it. And being December, when a lot of people start to think about, hey, what am I going to do differently next year? This is the thing you really need to be thinking about when you're thinking about like, what am I going to do? This strategy workshop may really be the game changer and the beginning of you making the changes you need to make. And Warren and I are doing this together. It's been a great honor working with Warren. Warren is also a certified scaling up coach and he has been on our team for a couple of years now and has produced some very good results with clients. And we're really passionate about helping people get the system into their company and learning about how to get change through their company. And that's the biggest thing we'll really work on. But let's let's uh, get off my little uh, sell soapbox here and let's get into the meat of, the, uh, of what these shows are all about. And let me introduce you to Suzanne Lee. Um, Suzanne, good morning. Good morning, good morning, David. Hi, all everyone. Right. It's it, it, it's early where you're at, but let's let's just start talking a little a little bit. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself with the audience? Because um, you have a really unique experience with your husband and um, and what happened in your life. And I wanted you to share a little bit about like before that. I want to share a little bit about how you grew up because that was pretty interesting to me too when I learned this about you. So um, talk a little bit about your environment growing up and what, what happened and then your experience with your husband. Well, we've known each other so long. I'm not sure what part of my childhood we're referring to. Well, well just, uh, just like um, your parents and how you grew up and how you were very artsy, um, you know, um, 
and, and, and never thought you'd be in business. Like, like all those things you shared with me early on. So it's been a few years, so I, I, I can understand you not. <laughs> I had a, I had a very unique childhood. That's for sure. Um, my parents were, were highly educated folks. My dad was a, had, had been a jazz musician with Benny Goodman. So he was a musician, uh, very, um, very See? decorated I remember musician. Some of this. Um, I remember some of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he came from a, a like a very poor family that struggled through the depression and came out, you know, a success story from it. Then he got a PhD from University of Pennsylvania and he became an English professor. And my mom was a psychiatrist back in the day when women didn't didn't hold jobs like that. And after working for uh, a, a major hospital, she went off on her own and she opened practice inside our house. <laughs> and so, so here I have, you know, this very intellectual background, but at the same time, you know, we're running a, uh, a, a, a psychiatrist's office through the house. And so the living room was the waiting room and the, the, the rec room and was the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, where the sessions were held and, the kitchen was the reception area and the laundry room we converted the secretary space and so it, it was uh, a lot of artistic freedom meanwhile my dad every time my mom doesn't have a client and my mom's seeing clients like 10 hours a day he's playing clarinet <laughs> okay so you got this kind of recreative uh mixed with this very serious professional atmosphere and uh we're in the we're out in the farmlands in pennsylvania so um it 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 made me a workaholic. Uh, <laughs> it made me creative. Um, it made me very introspective. So kind and of, uh, very, I and, have this. And, uh, hold on. Don't leave out very intelligent. So like. Uh, intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a, a brain surgeon and a lawyer for my brothers. And yeah. so okay. I call myself the Indian chief. Um, yeah, so I kind of grew up like that. I, I became, I was in gymnastics, and I early on uh, ended up on the boys' team in high school, which became a big national celebration. Back at the time, women didn't compete on men's teams, but I wasn't doing it for any political reason. I just loved gymnastics, and I got to be five foot nine, and my feet hit the floor every time I went around the bars. So the high bar was great. You know, I didn't hit anything, and the guys loved me. We had the best time. We were just having fun. But uh, I was in the spotlight early on in my life, and, and I've been there most of my life. So that was kind of my upbringing. Didn't ever care about uh, thinking too deeply within. Uh, I was a gymnast. You know, gymnasts were like, stick it, man, stick it. <laughs> That's it. So there was no uh, – I, I did study international business as a minor and in college. Uh, I, I loved the idea of not so much the business part, but just traveling around and, and doing stuff. And I ended up in entertainment, international entertainment. I produced a lot of shows. I helped hire uh, acts for Japan back when that was a thing all over the world. Got to Vegas, married a wonderful man, had a beautiful family, let it all go, became a stay-at-home mom. And then my husband drops dead when my kids were like five. And so that brought the whole, my whole world to a screeching halt. 
And he he was hit. In the meantime, he was hit in a bicycle accident. Just to let everybody know, right? Yeah, yeah. He he died on his bicycle. It was a heart attack. Uh, but that was that. It went from five hour bikes as a triathlete to be being gone in a day. Right. And yeah, so very, did not very see shocking that. At, shocking at a young age when your kids are at a young age too. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And me then being stay-at-home mom, like I, I wasn't working. I didn't have a career anymore. And you know, I gave that up. I was a good 10 years into just being a mom. Right. Homeschooling, you know, I, the, whole, the whole shebang. Uh, so in the meantime, during all this, I, you know, I started getting kind of like flashes uh, and I, uh, from God and I, converted to Catholicism. I was brought up an atheist, kind of very hardcore intellectual atheist. And uh, God in my prayer life, God, before Brian died, was said, lift up my people, lift up my people. I know what the heck was going on, you know, whatever that meant. So after he passed, I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, what am I going to do? And Christmas comes around and, and I went from being, of course, you can imagine I'm I'm running the Cub Scouts, and I have you know, at church. I've got the kids. You know, I'm running the. I'm running everything. I'm big in the community. Everyone knows me. And a, a year into widowhood, I am all alone. <laughs> I'm in my house. The kids and I are sick. We're depressed, and and uh, we don't know what to do, and we're afraid. And and uh, the doorbell rings, and someone brings these like pairs to the door uh, anonymously. They show up at the door, and we're like. We didn't even bring him in. We just left him out there like, who cares? Day two comes and it's something about turtle doves and some chocolates. And we didn't care. We ate the chocolates, though. <laughs> well, the stuff keeps coming. It's related to the 12 Days of Christmas song. And the stuff keeps coming and it's getting, the, the gifts are getting bigger and bigger. And, and we start getting excited about it. Like We hadn't been excited about anything for so long. I think because it was anonymous, you know, we didn't have to feel like we owed anyone and have to feel poor, you know, emotionally poor. So by the 12th day, you know, when all the, the everyone that had been involved came marching down the street, drumming on drums, and there's all huge gifts and food of all sorts. And, you know, they were singing Christmas carols and the whole neighborhood poured back to our door, which we hadn't, you know, we had that happen in in a year, no one had come. And so this this changed my life and the kids. And so we decided to start a charity where we would go and do this for other people. Yes. And uh, I, I, I had written about my story. The story became, uh, it, it went viral. And we got a call from Cirque du Soleil and they said, we want to partner with you. And, and boom, the thing shot off. I never meant for it to be a nonprofit. I kind of envisioned like a businesswoman that I had become that I would, I would make money off this, but, but it ran in a different direction. And there I found myself, you know, as CEO of in 12 days, helping people, helping children who had lost their parents at Christmas. Okay. And, and, and so all the joy, I, and I know that story is hard for you to tell. And so I, I definitely appreciate you sharing it with everyone. Uh, but I think it's, it gives a lot of context of who you are and what you've done in your life getting up to now. And I wanted to tell, tell a little bit about your family because you grew up in a good, good family that taught you a lot about business and creativity and everything else and all those important factors that go into running a business. And, um, 
and then, then you have this tragic event that happens. You have these two young children and you're trying to figure out what's next. And at the time when you were most hurt, all of you, um, somebody found the compassion in their heart to share in 12 days with you. And then you decided to take and make something out of that and turn it into a business, but you just didn't know it was a nonprofit. Right. Because <laughs> right. right. so, you have for profit in your mind. All right. So um, we're getting ready for a break right now in just a few moments, in just a moment. But but um, so so we'll come back and talk a little bit about um, so, some of the things that happen in your business. And what we do at, on the Strategy Sherpa Show is we talk about things that aren't so glamorous and we're not so necessarily proud of. Um, because we're trying to help out the entrepreneurs out there that are trying to grow a business and getting yeah. caught up in their mistakes. We're trying to help them understand that mistakes are part of the entrepreneurial process and that we really need to be accepting of our mistakes and learn from them. And so I'll look forward to coming back in just a few moments and, and having you start to share some of that with us. But thank you for sharing your introductory story. And we'll be right back with the Strategy Sherpa Show and Suzanne Lee. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our JetShare program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. 
Now, back to the show. All right, we have Suzanne Lee here with us, and we are um, talking a little bit about um, her venture that she did, but um, and we got a little introduction to her, and now we're going to have her talk a little bit about one of those challenges that seemed to just cause, it seemed to, to get her to just maybe hit a brick wall or something like that, and sort of uh, shock her a little bit as she started growing a business. So Suzanne, I'll turn it over to you and you can share your story. Let's start off with a little bit about sharing what 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 was the thing that really tripped you up? So um, when I very first had everyone come to my door and I saw this amazing experience and I felt everything and I'm looking at 30 people, I know that they're all feeling the same. And then going viral and having people call in right from all over the country and Cirque du Soleil call and a bunch of other entertainment companies call with my story. I went, wow, this is huge. This will be a book. This could be a show. This could be, uh, this could be, I mean, sending presents to people in need. I mean, there's a lot of money in that. I got really excited about it. And, uh, and then when Cirque called up, you know, Cirque du Soleil, now me from an entertainment background too, this is like God is called. I mean, Cirque calls, Cirque doesn't call, right? And and so when they go, this is amazing. We want to we want to uh, bankroll what you're doing. Want to get behind you? And I went great. I want to do the show. And they're like, no, no, we want it to be a nonprofit. We want you know we, you you're healing people. You help. and I'm thinking, well, I am healing people. Yeah, you know what? I'll go do this nonprofit, and then then I'll make the for profit later. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be fine. Well, you know, I hitched myself to a, 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 a horse, a cart and a horse, and off it went. And and not only Cirque, but, I mean, it resonated with people. I had thousands of people immediately rush in. And I found myself shortly with 100 full-time volunteers year-round and an extra 1,000 at Christmas. And the ability to reach out and branch up and go national, and we did all that. But, you know, on no money. And we did it with no money. We raised millions of dollars, you know, for the for the work and gifts. But now I got a nonprofit board. And right. and there are people out in the community, a lot, most people, a nonprofit don't believe that, you know, they come from their heart. They're not coming from their head. And right. when you say, I need money to run this company, and maybe I'd like to pay myself, they're like, no. Look at the veterans. They have a whole organization on the zero. <laughs> and you're like, no, that's not true. How do they run the trucks? Where's the gas come from? No, no, there's a zero budgeting. And so, you know, now I find myself surrounded by really hurting, broken down people. And as you go national, we're not talking a heart attack anymore, a little cancer here and there. We're talking mass shootings and mass bombings and horrible things that you, you don't even want to know about. I mean, on no money. I mean, that's a, not a good recipe for, sur- you know, survival, not only of the business, but for myself. I yeah. mean, I was still reeling from the death of my husband and could never let it go. And every day I had to tell the story again and li- relive it again, which, hey, you know, for several million dollars, I'm willing to do that. But for none and coming home, you know, into that and, uh, it, it was just hard, emotionally, really hard. So my big problem is, one, I'm in a space where people don't, uh, I, I surround myself with a board. 
that doesn't appreciate money. It doesn't understand how important money is right. to run a business. Right. And um, on top of that, I am not only now the visionary, but without the money to fund people to, in the different roles that, that, that I needed. I mean, I had volunteers to do it, but you know, someone can only volunteer so much time. Now I find myself it caught in the minutia, the stuff like, you know, breaking down. Someone says, I'm not donating $50. I want to break down of that budget. Where's my $50 going? And I hear at one in the morning, I'm coming up with a budget to support a $50 donation. I mean, you can't keep going like that, right? <laughs> so I've listened to other people on your show and it's, it's similar to what they said. Why did I try to take on all the different roles in the company when I should have just been the visionary? And that, and when you're in that role and people tell you that, that's great. But if you don't have any money, then yay, what kind of CEO are you going to attract to handle the minutia on no pay? So it was kind of a catch 22. Right. So, so you started this business because you wanted to help other people go through the experience that, um, that turned your life around and your kid's life around. Mm -hmm. Um, and right. you want to give them that experience. And so others started getting involved and sort of turned it into something that you didn't originally vision and you went along with it. Is that what you're saying? I, you know, I have to take credit. I mean, I, I created it the best that I could. Um, and they, they, they would come back with ideas like, you know, part of the, the thing that made us successful is that we, we wowed families, we wowed children, we gave away uh, private education, we gave away houses, we did, you know, big things. And the board says, well, I just want to give away, you know, five chocolates instead of, you know, a thousand. <laughs> I, I, they want to do a little thing for a lot of people, but it wasn't enough. I mean, here you got you got a little child who who watched his parents be murdered, you know, in front of him. And yeah, you're going to give him five chocolates. Not going to make a damn bit of difference. You got to be honest, you know. And so, so uh, yeah, they they were going in a direction that I didn't want to go in. And and we'd sit there at the boardroom table, and I'd say, I want to go for profit. I want to make money. I want to make a lot of money. And then I want to be able to do this as a leg of the for-profit. And there just came a point where they go, Susan, you just have to stop. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Right. right. And, and really, really, you're trying to feed two kids too. I mean, um, you, you're, your husband and you were younger. Um, you didn't have a lot of reserves at the time he passed away. Uh, um, and you're just trying to make sure that you're taking care of those two young boys and making sure that you're going to give them the life that they deserve, even if their dad isn't with you through that journey. Is that a fair comment? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's something else. You know, I never envisioned that I would be a single mom. I mean, how, right? I had, I had all the resources within me. I was smart. I, you know, I had a great marriage. I made sure to marry a really stable guy that wasn't the kind of guy that was going to leave. I mean, I, how could anything go wrong? And yet somehow I found myself in that situation and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I mean, the children are the best thing that I ever did with my life and my 100% devotion, nothing else next to that really matters. And and so coming home and after first couple of years was great, right? You know, but 
seven years into it and nine years into it, you're, you're so exhausted all the time. And, and, you know, they got to meet presidents and, and banks and mayors and, and that was very important in their development, but that was good for the first five years. Then they have met those people. Like they didn't need that lesson anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so you started this, um, people start to shape it into something that you didn't originally vision then you're the CEO and the CFO, the, the um, janitor, the $50 receipt breaker downer, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I can make up a term. And, and, uh, and so you're doing all this and, and you just became a little overwhelmed. Is that, is that fair to say? So absolutely. So like, I'm, try, uh, I'm trying to make sure that the listeners like really understand like, uh, um, so you had this passion and then the passion was taken away from all the people that were trying to shape it into what they wanted instead of what you envisioned for it. You wanted to make money off of it. You wanted to um, start a business off of it. You thought it could be a viable business um, and people wanted you to stay in the nonprofit realm, but they didn't even want you to be paid is what you said. Yeah, one of our last board meetings, uh, the comment was, I said, well, I want, I mean, I wasn't asking for for, for anything, really. I wanted $50,000 a year. And I said, I just wanted to, I want $50,000 a year, you know. And they go, uh, no, you you should get zero. Go get a night job. Run the charity <laughs> The day. Meanwhile, the charity was being very successful. So I was working probably 15, 16 hours a day. I mean, it was a great cure for suffering because you wake up in the middle of the night with and so much suffering, get to work, man. It takes the takes the pain away. And so I worked 23 hours a day for many years. Yeah. Okay. Sort of and, and then um, so you so you're working that much, and then you brought your sons along with you to a lot of these things. So they were a big part of this also, and that's really helped them as they become young men now and they're starting their lives and they've really leveraged some of that that into that. So uh, I, I mean there's some good we can talk about after the break in the, in that part of it. But, but I, I want to stay here just a second because I want to make sure that we really identify the problem. So the problem really for you is summarized. Say. A board that I created that did not support a for-profit platform and leaving me uh, with not enough resources to create other positions in the organization so that I could focus on the visionary part of things. Okay, so so when you selected your board, what? How did you go about that process? Was it just because somebody came to you and said we want to support the whole thing, and then that's how you determined your board, or how did you determine your board? Well, so I I I love to Cirque, and I'm really really grateful for them because they played a huge part in in the development of everything, the connections. I mean, we were able. To to do incredible things um and then you know there's kind of a standard uh playlist for who's supposed to be on the board you know you need a, a ceo a, you need a banker you need a lawyer and so i i looked at those um necessities and i filled the slots and i put the people in there that that should be in there but 
I guess I didn't vet them long enough or well enough. It's yeah, not so when you're starting a nonprofit to get successful people to to want to jump in. It's a lot of time and commitment. So yeah, somebody, so you know, hey, I know a really good lawyer. They're into this kind of thing. They're a real mover shaker. You know, you get on the phone, you talk to them for an hour. They seem like a great fit. They're into it. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, come on. Yeah. Uh, if I had continued the charity with wisdom after after what I experienced, I would have fired the board and start over. Yeah. Right. Well, with, that, with that, we're going to stop right there and we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to pick it up from there. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel and get amplified when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network welcome back to the strategy sherpa show with david chavez have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back to the Strategy Sherpa Show. We're sitting here with Suzanne Lee. And she brought up a subject that hasn't been on the show so far, Um board of directors and their influence on the business and how they end up influencing things. Um, so Suzanne, you uh, sort of shared the problem with us. The problem was, is that you started, you had this vision, you started chasing it. Um, and then others came in and could see the vision, but they saw it as a nonprofit instead of a for-profit as you, you ended up seeing it. Um, 
and I was fortunate enough to be involved in this early on. And this was early on in even my scaling up journey. I think I wasn't even a certified coach when we were you. This is like uh, at that time when um, and I tried to help you figure out how to rectify this problem. Right. And um, so so share what happened next. So you have this board that's taking you off in a different direction. You're not feeling comfortable about what's going on. You're not feeling comfortable about the journey that you've been on. You're very grateful for the experience because, as you said, it helped you through a very difficult time and it helped your boys through a very difficult time and gave you joy and happiness in your life. So there's nothing wrong that happened, right? You're very grateful for the experience, grateful for Cirque. I mean, they really helped you and they really made it into what it is. And you had ended up having thousands of people working with you especially during the holiday season, really executing on what you were doing. And so this was in a small organization. You had grown this fairly large, fairly quickly, right? But you're working 16, 20 hours a day. You're getting exhausted. Your boys are helping you. Um, that they're, They believe in the dream. And so what happened next then? So uh, I got to do a couple shows. I produced a few shows in 12 days, uh, 12 days of Christmas shows with Cirque. Um, they got behind me and, and the shows were amazing. And I wrote a book and I just, there just came a day where I went into the board and I said, guys, I don't want to do nonprofit anymore. I never wanted this to be the focus of this work. I want to do for profit. And they just, they just said, Suze, we just don't want to, we don't want to, we want to help children at the doors and I go, we're going to keep doing that. But I couldn't get them to see it from my perspective. They, they were not interested in it. And some of the major organizations like, like sir, they have a budget and they have a, a branch dedicated to nonprofit. If I come in as a for-profit, now I am in some way competing with sir and they're not going to support it. And so, you know, a lot of companies are like that. They will, help if you're a nonprofit because they they have ordinances that allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. So they just said no. Yeah. And I and I sat there thinking, how will I survive like this? How can I run a company that's now got gotten bigger than what I can manage on my own, even working 24/7? How will I run this with no money and a board that will get so involved to a point but they're not going to do more you know we'd end the board meeting and say okay you do this you do this you do this you do this and come back next month i'm like what did we do well we didn't do it (laughs) all right so now you don't want me to go for profit and you're not willing to go do the work for the nonprofit. what do i do right and what i should have done i should have fired them all and started again but i didn't have enough energy to do it um or the vision now so, in hindsight so, so how long how long a gap was this how long did you have the actual company or the the nonprofit? 10 years okay so so you're 10 years in at this point and you're trying to figure out like hey do i keep on this journey uh, or do i you know do something else and so what did you decide well a shout out to a gentleman named mac mcintyre I'll send him this because he'll get a kick out of it. Uh, he's a good man. He does uh, corporate structuring. And he's actually in hospice right now, so God bless him. He's 
uh, but he's very, he's still active and alert to the, to the end. Um, but he came in to, to manage uh, a workshop for the board mm -hmm. and we sat there and he's got the, you know, the big whiteboard out and he's writing stuff down and the team is talking and the board's there. And at the end of three hours, he looks at everyone, he goes, you don't have a company. This isn't a company. Get the hell out now. You are a sinking ship. You're the only thing that's the person that's doing anything here. <laughs> I told them all, you know, um, and um, you're not, you can't make it like this. Right. So, so you're doing all the jobs you're doing, you're, you're trying to make this thing work. You're working un, uh, unbelievable hours. I mean, and not saying you don't enjoy that because I know you're very passionate about your work, but at the same time, it's it's becoming exhausting because your your passion's not there, right? Because your original vision was a for-profit and to be able to provide for your family and you're not providing the way you wanted to provide for your family. And so you decided that this was the end. Yeah, you know, it's I one morning I got up and I looked at my life and I thought to myself, the people that love me are people who have been shot, they're <laughs> killed, uh, you know, they've gone through terrible diseases, they've gone through horrendous emotional situations, they, there's people in jail, this is who is my, this is who I've surrounded myself with. Right. That's scary, that is scary. Because right. the people that are donating money are not necessarily gonna become your friends in a nonprofit, they're happy to give you the money and get out. I mean, they want to go back to their yacht. They don't, they don't want to go hang out at the jail. Like, here's the money. We're not going to be hanging out at the jail. And so I'm looking around going, I can get myself into some trouble if I keep, if I do this, this is, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. So, so you just decided yeah. to shut it down. I did. Okay. I shut it down. I, I, uh, I, uh, I still regret it to this day. I, I love the work and I do feel it was my life's work. It was the most important thing that I've right. ever done outside of my own immediate family. But it certainly couldn't continue the way it was. But at the same time, though, you had to build the future for yourself and someday you're going to have to retire. So you had to start, start to think about all these things. And this wasn't providing anything for your future. And your, your sons are starting to become young men. And you have to, you, they have to go to college and all these other things, these expenses are coming. And so you decide to uh, leave. And then, so tell us where you're at in your journey now, because I know you went on and taught Spanish because you're very fluent in Spanish. You taught Spanish for a while. Yeah, so uh, my kids uh, go to, well, went to Faith Lutheran here. It's a, it's a wonderful private school and it, I put in them there in Las Vegas for everybody around yeah. the world. Yeah. It's an excellent school and it gave them a very strong male role model environment because it's a Lutheran school. So it's run by some really strong men, but they're good men. Right. And so after I stepped down from in 12 days, I thought, what can I do and still be influential for my kids? And so I have a degree in Spanish. So I went and became a Spanish teacher while my boys were still going through school and um immediately as a as a you know a seasoned ceo that didn't that that was a rough 
what's wrong because you you get in there and like i'm i walk in the first day of the more board meeting like i'm thinking it's a board meeting right we're having a we're having a the, the get together like the teachers get together so i'm in a suit right i walk in and uh they're all like, you know, drinking soup and everyone comes in 20 minutes late. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then <laughs> they were arguing for like an, an hour. They talked about whether to use this one word to describe like the evolution of Spanish or like, I'm like, well, we all came in here at seven in the morning for this. So just a very different mindset. Um, I loved teaching the kids, but again, I'm like, this is, this is worse than nonprofit. Well, it's kind of like nonprofit, right? You know, there's no money in it. But meanwhile, while all this is happening, I'm looking around. I'm going, geez, there's no international housing for the kids. So I call up the CEO of the school and I go in there and I say, hey, I want to talk to you about real estate here. You know, if you bought these surrounding houses to this to the school, you could house your international students. The money could come directly from the wealthy. And they're like, Suzanne. We're trying to run a school here. Thank you, but get back to Spanish. Two weeks later, I got this idea. I want to come in and talk to you. Please, I just, it's burning. I'm burning with this idea. I, I think we should get teach, teacher housing is really hard. You could do this, and I see this, and we could do this. And I've got this great agent who I've been in touch with, and they're like, Suzanne, please go away. We're trying to teach, you know. And so I just kept doing this. I could see how to help the teachers. I could see how to bring international. I could see how you could uh, have the mortgage paid, you know, and the, the school gets the money in the end. And, uh, and, and after a while, this is, this is ridiculous. I need to make money, which I'm not going to do as a teacher. And, and I love real estate and I want to help. And so I found uh, the Hiltz group. This is Michael Hiltz at uh, Hiltz Commercial Group. And his thing, he had been part of my board, by the way, one of the people that was seriously for-profit on it. And, uh, uh, and, and I love Michael. I, I mean, I've worked with him and he's done real estate transactions with me also. So um, love the guy. Um, so we got about a minute left here. And so okay. go ahead. Okay. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So I, he specializes in education. I started working with him. Um, I didn't end up staying in the education part of it uh, because I, I found an, another part of it that I like even better. But um, all of a sudden, I was around wonderful people with strong morals who did a lot of great work in the community and helped, but knew how to make a profit doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, so what, what I think I heard you say is that you're a diehard entrepreneur. That's what I heard you say. So um, throughout yeah, all this, I mean, for all, the, all the entrepreneurs out there, it's like um, she's she's a Spanish uh, uh, teacher and she's trying to solve the school's larger problems on <laughs> on, on, on on what's going on. And so um, and they weren't very appreciative of that because they want to <laughs> do their little school. And Suzanne's like trying to make them an international school. So, um, so, so you're a big dreamer and you started doing real estate and, and, and this is great. Um, Suzanne, thank you. And, um, and can you stick around just for a few seconds and we're going to take a break. And this is a strategy Sherpa show. This is David Chavez and we'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> 
Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And I wanted to I asked Suzanne to stay over a little bit as you uh, those of you who've listened to several of the shows now, um, as I'm evolving the show a little bit, I've used this last nine minutes to sum up a little bit about what happened. But I wanted to sum up a little bit about what happened with Suzanne still here and then talk to her a little bit more. So I, I, I would ask you as a listener, did you hear the entrepreneurialism in here? I mean, she just couldn't get away from it. Um, and I think a lot of us feel this way. And we, um, this is the way we go through our lives as entrepreneurs is that everything, you look at everything with a different eye than the average person does. And, um, and then uh, listening to her a little bit about the board and what she did with the board, um, so challenging, right? Because um, you really had this vision of what you wanted to do. And then you have these people, I, I don't think they were intentionally doing it. They, they, um, their intentions were all good. They wanted to help. They wanted to be a part of it. And um, it just wasn't her vision. And so um, I asked Suzanne just to stay on a little bit because she said something interesting to me during the break. She said, um, she said it's interesting to her now talking about it, how, 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 how good it feels. Explain that, what you meant to me when, when you said that to me. Excuse me. What you meant when you said that to me. Well, you know, I I closed in 12 days in 2018. So it's been several years since the company is running. And I, I felt, you know, I'm, I'm a successful person. I felt like a failure um, when I closed it. I felt like I, I let the world down to, to some extent. And I had put so much into it. Um, and I could have I could have made it work. Um, 
And yet, as we're talking about it, what I realize is the real lesson in it, which was how to build and grow within a community, a concept, that's perfectly intact. And I'm doing it in commercial real estate. It helps commercial groups. So all the same people that that I vetted, like you, you know, 10 years, uh, loyal, uh, honest people that that appreciated my integrity and they know my my work scope. They know what I can do. They know I'm honest and reliable. That's rare in Vegas. Uh, you know, they, they're all still there. I still have the bankers and lawyers and people I need to create business with. And I have the skill set, but I learned a lot from from having failed at it, which is which is really good to kind of look back on it. Well, you you you, you said fail. I, I say that you tried to change a lot of people's lives in the process of doing this over the 10 years. Um, I know you did, matter of fact, because I got to see some of the results. Um, and and you say you failed, but I, I think that you just realized that you gained a lot of knowledge that a lot of us need as we're starting to grow and scale a company. And I think that as you're starting to, to on this journey of this commercial real estate, I don't know where you'll end up with it. And you don't either, because I'm sure your mind's still working a hundred miles an hour, even with your clients and they're talking to you about your, their businesses. Um, but, but um, I, I really appreciate you sharing the story because I think a lot of times entrepreneurs feel like when their vision isn't realized, um, you, know, you know, like shutting it down can cause some major issues, right? Like depression, things like this. And I'm sure you had some of these thoughts, but I, I know you're close to God and that, that that's how you get through, you get through things and um, you use your faith to help you through that. And, and so you, you work through it and now you're on this other side and now you're starting to take off in this new venture and you're using all those skills and knowledge that you've gained from all those valuable lessons. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah. And, and, my, and you're right. When In 12 Days ended, that was a terrible transition crisis for me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everything was gone. I mean, I, I, did, I had my husband. My, my children were struggling. Because it takes a long time to get over that, that sort of loss. You know, it's. It's not like it's one year or even five, you know, so they were they were struggling and uh, I didn't know what direction I was going to go in my life and what would happen financially. I mean, that everything just came together at the at the very same time. And I went and watched. I was at Lifetime at the gym and Shark Tank came on. I had never seen Shark Tank and I felt completely different after watching that show. Isn't that crazy? Because like I could feel within me, like yeah, I could do that, and I feel good watching people do that. And and I, honest to God, watching that one episode of Shark Tank changed my life. Right, yeah. and, and 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 that's um, so 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 I I think the real lesson here is is that when we think we failed often and we're down in the we're we're in judgment of ourselves, right? Um, that's really what was happening. And um, you're in judgment for yourself because you know what the In 12 Days was doing for the community and everybody else, but it wasn't fulfilling your bucket. And so you needed to give that up. And then the feeling of, of, of failure, of not 
giving, all these other feelings come up for you. And I know how big your heart is because I know that soon you'll be donating to all these charities to help them as was done to you. And um, you can use all this wisdom to help them and staying focused on what their real vision is for what they're trying to do. And I think you can leverage some of these lessons. And, you know, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show and spending this time with us. And um, if you have any closing words for anyone, feel free to do those. But thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, guys, if there's anyone out there who I can, if you need me anything, David knows how to get in touch with me. Uh, you're right, David. I The one last thing that I do after a full day of wonderful real estate transactions and everything that come with the for-profit world, I come home and I this thing flashes across my brain, which is like, like did I really do anything today? Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't served anybody, you know? And then I have to stop that. I'm like, okay, stop that. Um, but it's a, it's a piece. Yeah. But only a piece. Only a All right. So if you're looking for commercial real estate in uh, Las Vegas, uh, Suzanne Lee with the Hiltz Group and Michael Hiltz is a great guy, great friend of mine. And I, I just love that you're working with him. And um, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. Take care, everyone. Bye. Hey, Bye. so this is Strategy Sherpa Show. And I just want to summarize a little bit about what, what's happened here and how, 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 um, Suzanne talked about this, you know, um, for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, failure is part of the journey. Don't forget that failure is part of the journey. Feeling a little uneasy about some of the failures is good too. It's, um, it causes us to reflect, but I, I think the real critical part is, and you know, hard to do, I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it either. Um, is not to judge yourself and cause yourself to check out and never get back in the game. Um, those of you who may be uh, having issues right now in your business and struggling a little bit yourselves, you have to ask yourself what you really want inside of your business. And this is what we help with at Assured Strategy. Um, we help businesses change and focus on what they really intend to do and what they really want out of their business. And sometimes that, um, sometimes people, when they start working with us, they don't scale their company, they keep it small. So they decide that that's not what they wanna do when they thought that's what they wanted to do all along. And there's nothing to matter with that. And um, you shouldn't sit in self judgment of yourself too long. You wanna be able to reflect on things to learn from them, but try to keep judgment out of the way and if you have to, go get help so you can talk this out with somebody because talking it through really makes a big difference. And for Suzanne, she used her faith and her religion to really um, help her through that trying time. And it's gotten her to the point where she's at now. I see Suzanne ending up opening her own commercial real estate, a large commercial real estate company in some time. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. This is where we talk about hard stuff, things that we didn't do so well, and then what we did to overcome those obstacles. And we had a great story today with Suzanne Lee. And thank you for joining us. Um, have a great week. We'll see you uh, next Monday.
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.